welcome back to House Lights this week. My name is Liz Noss. Last week we had an off week, but I'm back with more of a speed round of entertainment um, due to, you know, not getting a drama last week. So it's double the drama, double the House Lights. Let's just get right into it. The first thing that was talked about last week that I think was one of the craziest stories I've seen in a while was the Adam Levine baby drama. Adam Levine was accused of trying to name his newborn child with his that he was having with his wife of eight years um, after his alleged mistress. Um, a DM to a woman he cheated on his wife with um, came out um, and he asked if she'd be all right with naming his newborn Sumner after the woman he had a year-long affair with. Um, and with this strange DM sort of dropping, other women have come forward sharing DMs of like, Five or more women, you know, getting DMs from a married man, Adam Levine, who's in the spotlight, obviously as a public wife. So, obviously, not okay. Cringy. I think the worst thing, I, I think the worst part of this was that it wasn't just DMs of him cheating, but it was like cringy high school flirting with them saying, you're so effing hot, it's insane. And it became a huge meme all over TikTok, all over Instagram. Like, this was the Mr. Sexiest Man Alive at one point, and this is this is how he has game? This man has no game whatsoever. Um, also, there's reports of him lying that his relationship with his wife was, you know, complicated or on the rocks, which was not publicly known. Um, there were no allegations of that they were going to get divorced, so obviously other women did not know about that, so they sort of responded to it, and so... It just turned into a big cheating scandal. Um, even celebrities have come forward with weird DMs, such as the always problematic Tana Mojo. So I'm not sure if we can really um, trust that. But it does show that he really had no sort of, if it, if it is true, he had no sort of shame about it because other celebrities know other celebrities. So I don't really understand that part of it. Um, he did say, he came out and said they never cheated, but he did DM many girls, which means that maybe he just didn't pull any. <laughs> like, I I don't understand. Obviously, the intention was there, um, but he didn't, you know, cheat on his wife. But it, it leads me to believe that, I, I think that that's cheating. Um, so I'm not really sure why he would say that he never cheated because a DM is still obviously a break of trust with him and his wife. This also led to a conversation of stars um, such as this 90210 star uh, blaming the first woman to come forward saying that they should have known and blaming women for this affair that he had, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. They don't have a vow to his wife. He does. So I'm not sure why other stars would come forward and blame women, especially when we have this whole sort of talk about cheating now in on social media, that it is the man's responsibility to stay loyal to his wife. I don't I don't blame any of the women in this situation whatsoever. I think that they probably did take his word for it that him and his wife were on the rocks. So I think that that is a non-starter, not a conversation we should be having. And absolutely allows for men to continue this cycle, you know, in the limelight of being able to cheat on their wife and not taking full responsibility for it. So that's just my take on it. But we also had, uh, continuing on with cheating men, the Try Guys drama, which was, I believe, even bigger than the Adam Levine drama this week. 
So Ned, one of the Try Guys from former BuzzFeed fame, uh, was found cheating on his wife with someone he worked with in the entertainment industry. And I think this this was even worse because one of the biggest jokes that he had with the other Try Guys was that he loved his wife and was obsessed with his wife. So it made the blow even worse to find out that he was cheating on her. Um, a lot of jokes came from this. I mean, my For You page and, like, algorithm on other social media was just immediately changed when this drama came out, and it seemed like every single person was talking about this. I didn't know the Try Guys had this sort of hold on social media, but apparently, apparently they do. Um, I never see anything about the Try Guys except for, like, Keith, but that's because he sings Broadway songs, not because he's part of the Try Guys. He has the TikTok, you know trend where he tries to figure out the lyrics to Broadway music. So that's just my niche. But I never hear about anyone else talking about the Try Guys. So I kind of have this theory that when my algorithm changes that fast, that it may be a PR stunt. But I can't say anything on that. It's not, um, you know, confirmed a PR stunt. But that's just my little theory. Because, But I, I don't know, because he was kicked out of the Try Guys. So it does seem real. However, his wife and him were seen together um, and even talked to the paparazzi saying they were okay and working on themselves, which made me feel like it may be for PR even more because you never see a real celebrity talk to paparazzi or like face them when they're asking them hard questions, especially about something as serious as cheating allegations. So like, I don't, I don't really know, but that was one of the bigger um, stories this week. Ned Fulmer, do better do better. Um, the next story that I want to talk about, um, was Kanye West opened up a private religious school. (laughs) Who knew that this would be the next thing for Kanye? But, you know, maybe it just sort of follows with his, uh, Sunday, you know, Sunday worship times that he would have at festivals. But I'm still like, Who's going to let this man open an institution with with school funding? Uh, A TikTok came out of one of my favorite TikTok journalists saying that Kanye opened up this school with a select 100 students so far. One of my favorite details is that there's classes offered that includes parkour. I actually saw a TikTok today uh, about school, and it was a children's choir singing Good Morning, Donda, which is apparently a song by Kanye now, Um, but for a children's choir. So I was like, are these the options that are open to these uh, children that are paying what was said $15,000 a year for Donda Academy, which like he needs more money. I don't, I don't understand why this college tuition is needed for his private religious school. Um, also parents were told to sign secrecy agreements. So it's, I don't know why it's such a big deal because I obviously he's posting TikToks on his TikTok about the school, but it's all very secret who goes to it. Um, but it was leaked that it was fifteen thousand dollars a year. Honestly, my biggest thought was I want to know what religion this is because I'm pretty sure he subscribes to himself as God. So I'm not quite sure what they're teaching when it comes to a religious organization. Is he getting like church funds from this from the government? I want to know. Also, who gave this man an education degree? Like, he cannot be a prince. There's no way that he has a master's degree in education to be a principal, but whatever. And also, I don't really want to see him in charge of children, Um, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, Whatever he thinks is great for Donda Academy, you know what? I support him in his weird creative endeavors that um, make everyone just a little bit uncomfortable. 
Um, but uh, stick to music, but I guess also open a religious school. All right. I'm going to get into some of like newer drama that I've seen this week. That was more from all last week. But uh, Trevor Noah and Dua Lipa were seen together for your little dating update of the week. Uh, maybe dating. They were seen out together and kissing. Honestly, I love this because I love both of them separately. I think they'll be a very cute couple. Um, but this comes right after Trevor Noah announced that he would be stepping down from The Daily Show to continue to do stand-up comedy around the world, which he said that he loves more than ever. But I also love that because his stand-up comedy, I believe, is way more relevant um, than the night show format that exists now. I'm not sure, you know, that anyone else can make politics. It's funny, though, um, because I see other, you know, stand-up stand comedians trying to get into that night show hosts like Jimmy Kimmel. But honestly, I feel like the way that Trevor Noah talks about politics is uh, some of the funniest ways you can bring it up. So I'm not sure who else is going to be able to talk about politics the way that he does, other than John Oliver, who's great on HBO Max. So we'll have to watch for the predecessor of this show, but Trevor Noah will definitely be missed. But you know what? Him and Dua Lipa, that's a slay. That, I, that is a Liz Nas certified slay for this episode. The next little bit of drama I want to talk about was Kardashian drama. They're in their new season on Hulu um, of the Kardashians, not keeping up with the Kardashians. So, Khloe Kardashian is in some hot water right now when in the new episode of the Kardashians, she got excited when Kim told her that Kendall and Kylie were worried about her because she was looking very skinny. She was happy. I, I just want to re-emphasize. Re she was happy that people were worried about her health to have what she thinks is a better body. And it seems like, you know, when she came off that show Revenge Body, you know, trying to help other people get the body that she got after she was maybe like fat shamed by the, the paparazzi more than her other sisters. I do believe, however, this is Revenge Body to a fault. I think that putting this on such a public um, format, such as her literal television show that gets millions of views every single time it goes up. It's just toxic to show women that the more skinny they are, the happier they'll be, even when people are worried about them. It's sort of like, I feel like it undermines her message of finding the body that makes you feel good that she, you know, pressed for so many years in her weight loss show of Revenge Body. And I have one of the most influential shows like the Kardashians, um, talk about this and show someone being excited about being unhealthy it just it just shows that the kardashians may be even more out of touch than we thought with the rest of civilization in general so i think that the hot water is um absolutely deserved i think that chloe kardashian needs to come out and say something about it um because obviously kim was trying to show her like that's not okay to say but she decided to air the episode anyways, which, you know, that's also producer's fault for putting that out there. You could absolutely cut that from the show to make it not seem as they're so out of touch with the rest of um, the world. But, you know, you said it and you have to own up to it. And it just shows more, you know, body insecurities, but like there's no body confidence, even from the women who, you know, are supposed to be uplifters of other women. 
which was ridiculous. Um, my final little thing for Twitter tea this week is going to be um, the Don't Worry Darling drama update. Um, there was just a little bit of update on that tea, and of course, I'm going to be the first person to tell you anything that has to do with Harry Styles. While I implied on the first episode that Harry and Olivia may be in a PR relationship for promoting the movie, unfortunately, I was wrong. Sad to say that I was wrong. However, they were spotted sharing lots of PDA yet again after the release of the movie in New York City. So I know a lot of Harry stands are upset right now. Um, but if, you know, if making out in a New York cafe is what does it for him, I guess we have to respect that. Also, new tea dropped about the whole production of the movie, saying that Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde got into a screaming match on set because Florence was upset that Olivia and Harry would just sometimes not show up to set some days, which is very reasonable to be upset about. Allegedly, since she was upset, she said in her, like, in conflict resolution with the movie production that she would not promote the movie in any way which honestly makes sense i mean we were trying to figure out why florence Pugh was not promoting the movie but um apparently it was part of this resolution which makes sense because she literally never posted about it and did little to no press for the movie Another thing that kind of showed her adversity um, to the movie, Nick Kroll posted a picture of Harry and Florence standing together um, during production of the set, and it looked so awkward, they could not be standing further apart, and it just only serves to show that the movie was just so awkward to be around, um, and just shows that the drama only keeps ensuing. However, this pulls me into the my first part of music movies and shows, which don't worry darling did come out and i do have a review for you spoiler alert so skip probably like three minutes ahead if you haven't seen it uh, obviously it works better to talk about it this week honestly because now more people have seen it but if you don't want spoilers skip ahead because i will be spoiling it up for you so i can give the actual review so i went to opening night of the movie so i under so like i understand if you haven't seen it i was quick to get tickets um this is one of my most anticipated movies of the year so i i had to be there um i did tweet that this movie would be fighting for its life this week on house lights so strap in if i had to describe this movie in one word it would not be fantastic or great or even good i would say unpredictable um this movie made me post my first letterbox review in two years and i'll probably take another break from it but i had to i had to post it because i think i'm the funniest person alive and all it said was incels man and let me tell you why i I'm for, i don't want to i don't want to come off as so negative so let's talk about the the good first in this movie florence Pugh's acting amazing as always there's a reason she's an academy award nominee she was fantastic i also thought that chris pine was a really effective villain throughout the movie um olivia's honestly olivia wilde's directing wasn't terrible i did have high hopes for her, even with all this drama i did have high hopes for her just because i loved book smart so much it was so interesting but obviously that was a comedy this is a psychological thriller so it's very different but her her directing still wasn't awful um, and honestly, when the con, like, I, this was one of my anticipated movies because the concept in the trailer is so interesting of this secret mystery victory project that all the men go off to and leave their wives and none of the wives have no idea. And there could be this big reveal of literally anything. And so they decided, <laughs> spoiler right now, they decided that it would instead be a freaking simulation. <laughs> that was the big reveal that it was a simulation. It's literally like, revealing it was all a dream like why would you make this the big re it could have been 
anything that they were working on, but instead it was a simulation. So basically, Harry Styles puts his, puts his wife, Florence Pugh, into a simulation where they live perfectly in this 1950s dream life because he wasn't happy that in their real life he was like a she I mean she was a girl boss working all the time as a doctor. But it's it's so funny because in this real life they make Harry look so ugly and it's so it's so so jarring. But it only adds to the fact that like you know Olivia Wilde is talking about these people that you know social media has coined as incels who want to basically control the women that they're dating and you know they can't get any play in real life so he literally has to put her in a simulation and you knew that she was depicting this like these dudes who like hate women because harry is seen in the past like like listening to this white man joe rogan-esque podcast and on literally on a discord server so she kind of understood the assignment in that way which i could appreciate also all these other men in this dream life also have these wives that are put into these simulations which i just i i don't appreciate the like while this is a this is a pretty crazy reveal like i said i don't love the idea of it was all a dream it's all not real instead of making it like a real plot point i also feel like they kind of hurt themselves with the simulation plot because all of these plot holes in the movie like there was this whole scene where florence Pugh sees like a plane fall into the workplace of the victory project and like that's the reason she even goes out there in the first place and she has all these weird things happen to her but this can, like, there's no explanation for the plane falling at all. And they can literally just pull it off as like, oh, it was a simulation. So some stuff just glitch out. Like, no, it's just poor writing to not explain why the plane falls in the movie. What literally it's the, it's the reason that the movie even starts conflict. So, but they're able to just say, oh, it was a glitch. Also, other parts of, that, of the plot that, like, definitely had holes was I did not appreciate the the wife of Chris Pine in the movie kills him in the end, like, turning on him because she seemed, like, so loyal and there's no reason that she didn't. It seemed like I really wanted her to just be, like, become the villain in the end and, like, make sure that Florence Pugh didn't get out of the simulation. But no, he just dies. She just kills him for seemingly no reason it just seemed like a very rushed end and an easy way to kill off the villain so that Florence Pugh could win in the end um but I I yeah no the plot holes were probably the biggest like part of the actually I was about to say that that was the worst part no the worst part in the movie is that Olivia Wilde depicts the notable woman of color as like the crazy one and even ends up like killing herself so that the plot can move forward that is the only notable woman of color who has scenes and lines and Olivia Wilde kills her off and depicts her as crazy. That completely ruined the credibility for the movie for me. It was, it, I don't understand how you can be that tone deaf with a part of the movie to not, you know, realize what you're doing is damaging to the movie to have a woman of color, your only woman of color, depicted as such. Other parts that were obviously smaller than that that I didn't appreciate was that Nick Kroll was not well utilized throughout the movie. He was just kind of there. There were like no funny moments with with this movie. Not one laugh was chuckled the whole movie. Which was surprising because Book Smart was so funny and like charming and this movie was completely different. So I, I put Book Smart in one of my top fifty movies of all time. And 
this was not that at all. So I feel like Olivia Wilde should definitely go back to that because that movie was so genuine. It just seems like with this psychological thriller, she was definitely in on her head in the execution of this movie. People were honestly also dogging Harry for his acting on TikTok. I thought, I thought he was just fine. I felt like him screaming at her and, like, begging for forgiveness at the end was, like, the perfect way to play the nice guy in. So, like, it wasn't terrible acting. I am gonna have to watch my policeman to see if he's, like, actually acceptable as an actor or if this was just, like, a fluke um, based on his other acting roles. But I'm not too mad now. I, I'm really not mad at his acting. Um, the one thing that I was upset about was the longest scene in the world where he's just, like tap dancing on a stage and like spinning for a full minute like me and my best friend went to see and we were just cackling in the audience the whole time like why is this man tap dancing in front of an it was such like a weird juxtaposition from all the like serious moments in the movie but it didn't like say anything it wasn't a juxtaposition that said anything about the movie so i it was very confusing if i had to give the movie a rating it would probably be like a six out of ten but it, it, it's higher because i got to see harry's face on extreme screen like i'm gonna be honest i i'm a i'm a big critic and a hater first so i'm not the average moviegoer but that's my rating i would see it again to fully form my thoughts but this is not the movie that i thought was going to be the most anticipated of the year definitely go and see it yourself um so that you can form your own opinions on the movie but that's it. No more spoilers. So listeners, if you're ready, you know, to not hear spoilers again, listen up. Um, the rest of music movies um, and shows is just sort of like new releases that have come out. There's a new Bridgerton trailer. I'm very excited for this. There was a new teaser scene that came out. It definitely has the same charm as all the rest of the seasons, which I can appreciate. Um, that British humor, British love, drama. It all seems to be back in this. So, And I've always loved the Queen as a as a character in the show so this spinoff is definitely going to sell fantastically like the rest of the seasons have i'm excited to see the king and queen's dynamic fully because you know in the show they don't have the best relationship due to his like health and her wanting to basically take over um the royal the royal head spot um so it's going to be interesting to see their love story before that so uh netflix also released a new you trailer i love the show you and season four is definitely going to be I think it's going to be different because there's tons of new characters. Marianne is going to be the spotlight woman in this. However, I feel like she's definitely not the most interesting girl to come out of the show. I do think she's one of the most likable, but I don't think she's the most interesting. Love definitely takes that cake for me. But I think that it it's going to... It's going to have more drama with all these new characters. It's in Europe, you know, it's getting us, a, it's giving us a new setting to work with. So um, that'll be fun. But I am going to miss Love because she's so crazy. But, you know, I'm going to give Marianne a chance. All I have to say is that we all know she's going to be better than Beck. Beck was the worst love interest, even though season one, I've, season one was definitely Joe Goldberg's like season to, you know, introduce his character. Beck didn't really add much. Love definitely made him more likable. So I think that Marianne is just going to be a totally different dynamic, but I'm excited to see it anyways. And it's interesting that it'll be in two parts, just as Stranger Things did. So it'll be half bingeable but also half, like, suspense for what the next story is going to be. So that'll be interesting. Um, also, one of the new shows that I'm seeing all over TikTok, um, another Netflix show, is the new Dahmer show. People are talking about it, probably just because it's Evan Peters. However, in my opinion, no one is allowed to romanticize him as Dahmer. Please, please don't do that just because he's hot. Producers need to stop 
putting hot like men in Hollywood in this just like Ross Lynch as Dahmer was like a couple of years ago in my friend Dahmer stop putting hot men in Hollywood in these movies it's only making it worse and like normalizing the fact that women write into real prisoners who have killed people as like love letters so please stop doing this Hollywood but I did I did start it I'm like halfway through I thought it was pretty good so far but I'll let you know how this show ends as I continue to watch it one more announcement from movies and uh, movies and music and shows. There's going to be a new star-studded movie called Amsterdam out. It has Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Mike Myers, Taylor Swift, who I love, uh, Robert De Niro, Rami Malek, and way more. So I'm. I mean, it, there's no way that the movie can't be good with that amount of like actors in it um explained in three three words it said it's love murder and mystery there's definitely a lot to be desired with the story in the trailer but it looks interesting and i believe it's based on true events so it it, i it definitely tickles my fancy i love historical fiction or just historical drama piece in general uh it comes out in november and i'm really excited to see it i'm excited to learn more about it All right, so transitioning into some culture stories this week, some stuff from me. I saw Bros with Billy Eichner. I can go read my review on State News. I didn't want to give a whole lot out because I did write a whole article on this, but I thought it was charming, and I love Billy Eichner. His show, Billy on the Street, was so formative for me in my late middle school and early high school years with my uh, sense sense of humor. So there was no way I wasn't going to be able to go see it. It, it's a great, it was charming. It was a great way to make a classic rom-com new with a whole cast of LGBTQ plus people. So go read my article if you want more of my thoughts, which I hope you always do if you're listening to House Lights. Um, I also got to talk to Wharton Center's Nat Geo Live paleontologist, and that was so fun because I was a dinosaur kid first. Um, so it kind of looked into how um, Nat Geo Live's new story is... Um, talking about the Spinosaurus which was lost to history so it kind of gives a history lesson as well as talks about um, paleontology. Um, Other stories from culture are culture editor Miranda Dunlap got to write a great story on how women use exclamation marks um, in emails. It gave a more interesting look into communication of women in the workplace with a lot of people um, believing that women seemingly undermine their positions and their professionality with unprofessional marks and emails. But however, Miranda looks into that, how this is not true and that men actually use the same amount of exclamation marks as women and that it's it's a better way to communicate with people and not have it be so black and white. Um, other stories that I, that I was really excited about from Culture Justice Week included Jada Fassers talking on black mental health at MSU. Jack Armstrong talked about how um, the catastrophic events and of Hurricane Ian in the South. He talked to professors on that. And Jaden Beard looked into the powwow of love on campus, which was really expanding our cultural coverage. Great job, Jade, on that. My one last thing, you know every episode is my yik yak of the day. And my favorite yik yak today was just got my ass rocked by a spit scooter in front of McDonald. Thank you so much for listening this week. Um, and I more Twitter tea to come. Keep listening to House Lights. Thank you so much for tuning in to hear everything you need to hear this week about entertainment. I'm Liz Noss. Have a great rest of your week.